Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Rekindi, where we're learning all about the tools together to become healthy, happy humans. So today I'm here with Belle, who has been a Bikram yoga instructor for nine years and has had her own studio in Australia, Sunshine Coast for just over seven years. So Bella, welcome. Hello. Awesome. So um, actually, before we begin, if, if anybody can hear any um, sounds in the background, it's just cicadas. So um, at the moment, it's cicada season. And so they, they, it's a mating call and it's really loud. Apparently, it's about uh, 19 decibels, so the same as a, um, a bike. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. It's just what happens when you, you're living amongst nature. So I do apologize for that in the background. But uh, anyway, let's progress. It's a funny thing to have to apologize for living in nature. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, so, um, Bell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what got you interested in yoga? And uh, yeah, just love to hear your journey. Oh, yeah. I, I was just saying to Alexa that I will uh, talk about yoga f- until the cows come home. So uh the journey towards yoga is quite a quite a long one i'll try and keep it as simple and as succinct as possible we um i started bikram yoga about almost 20 years ago and i got into it first because my brother had started doing bikram yoga in sydney and I was, I was living in Melbourne at the time. And he said to me, you've got to do this. You've got to try this yoga out. It's amazing. I feel so good. And he talked to me about it for a couple of years before I finally decided to take my first class. Probably one of the reasons that, that I was put off uh, doing Bikram yoga in particular is that he said it's in a hot room and he described to me what it was like. And I remember being I remember thinking you're out of your mind I there's no way I'm going to do that that kind of yoga in a hot room anyway a few years passed and uh my brother's uh he's very influential person and uh he he talked to me again for a good couple of years and I decided I was in a place where I'd I'd just split up from a relationship, um, a very significant relationship. I'd moved to a different part of Queensland, had no friends around me. I had no job. I was living away from my family and I was sort of really isolated. And I just thought, um, I don't know what really prompted me to do it. I, I just sort of, it was a real leap of faith. And I went to my first ever Bikram yoga class and I hated it. Alexa, I will be very, very honest with you, 100%. I hated it because it was really hot. It was really challenging. Hot, yes. I mean, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but it was very challenging and I I wasn't particularly fit or healthy. I had no idea about yoga and I just thought, oh, it's just so brutal. It challenged me on every single level, mentally, emotionally and physically. And I got to the end of the class and I just, I had already made up my mind, I'll never do this ever again. And it was only because the teacher at the time was, um, it was a young, funky, fresh, gorgeous Canadian dude. And he said to me, he came out after class, he goes, how did you go? And I, I didn't want to tell him I hated it and I had a really bad experience. And I said, oh, yeah, great, fantastic. He goes, you're going to do your 30-day challenge. And I said, what's that? 
And he said, you do Bikram yoga every day for 30 days. Now he was pretty hot and I was, I'm an Aries. So there was no way I was going to back down from that. And I just said, sure, I'll do it. And my voice was saying, my mouth was saying, yes, I'll do it before I even knew what I'd signed up to. So I persisted with 30 days of Bikram yoga and I can, and it absolutely changed my life. It changed my life in so many different ways because it physically changed me. Uh, it, I felt clean for the first time in a really long time. And I just, you know, it, I, I was eating better. I was, my clothes were fitting me better. I was standing up taller. I just felt really, um, I don't know, alive again. Mm. And that's, that's how I got into it in the first place from, from absolutely ha- hating it. That's a pretty strong word to understanding, oh, there's something in this. There's mm. definitely something in this. And what would you say that something is? Did you feel, um, you know, more energy or, or what, what was that real drawing that you were like, wow, this is something, you know, I, I have to keep going? In the beginning, it definitely was energy. In the beginning, uh, it made me feel taller. Like I literally swear to goodness I was taller. But it's because your posture changes when you start doing yoga, any yoga practice, your posture changes, you just stand up a little bit taller um my jeans fit fit me better I I I don't know after that 30 days and during that 30 days I um I got a new job I made new friends I am friends with those people still to this day I met my husband in that 30 days as well I didn't realize he was going to be my husband but 19 years later we're still together and uh yeah I I knew then that something very powerful was happening um and I look back at it now and I can say, well, you know, what now if I don't do yoga now, I, I don't feel as much energy. I don't feel, I don't really feel very connected. I make really crappy decisions when I'm not doing yoga mm. and I've got pain in my body now I'm 50. So I, you know, it's a different, a whole different body that I live in now, but I have to maintain that kind of strength for my, for my joints phys- on a physical level. I have to mm. maintain a yoga practice otherwise I my body just feels really old so now wow. it's a very different story and it's it's beautiful actually it's it's progressed over those years from mm. something in that I was doing in my 30s to now something that I do very differently in my 50s and would you say the differently is more the postures that you're doing or or what would you describe as uh, as different throughout the age your yoga practice over that amount of time, I can only speak for myself, but my yoga practice has very much changed on a physical level. Now it's very much about, um, it becomes the, um, the other aspects of a yoga practice and yoga philosophy. I have to say too that the Bikram yoga doesn't really concentrate on, there'll be a lot of people that are listening to this now that are, that are yogis and that have studied yoga and studied yoga philosophy and um i teach two kinds of yoga i teach bikram yoga and i teach yin yoga and they're both very very different but they neither of them concentrate on the eight limbs of yoga which is the the sort of um philosophy of yoga the eight limbs of yoga we really focus on the physical practice of yoga Mm. when we're doing bikram yoga but also, of course, in that comes the concentration, the meditation, the mm. focus, the patience, the discipline, all of those elements now. And, and as I practice my yoga in 
uh, in a physical sense, I'm much more calm in how I practice yoga. I'm not forcing my body to do things. I'm not um, trying to compete with people that are younger. I mean, I never really did, but I think perhaps in, in the beginning years, I was a bit like, oh, I've got to do it like that person in the front row. I've got to do it like that person who's like a piece of cooked spaghetti. That's, that's yoga. And you look at it outside of yourself and think that's what you need to be doing. I know now that that's got mm. absolutely nothing to do with the yoga practice. It's really about how calm you can be, how, how, quiet, how much you can quiet your mind um, and how connected to yourself you feel when you do yoga practice. Oh, of course, so beautiful, sure. so beautiful. No, definitely, uh, um, you know, from my understanding um, and also, you know, my development as well, is it's definitely a practice of um, quieting the mind to get into meditation um, and it, it's, it's loosening that um those physical each time you're loosening a, a physical element you you're releasing a psychological element as well because you know that's that integration between your mind and your body is so um profound um definitely definitely and so you were talking about the eight limbs of yoga what exactly is that I, I don't know, to be honest. I could probably have a good guess at it, but it's something that, that yogis will spend a lot of time learning about. It's the philosophy of yoga, philosophy, thousands and thousands of years of um, teachings and learnings about, about yoga. And that's not something that I delve into at all. So we, Bikram Yoga, it's a very, it's a really interesting um, form of yoga because it is beginners all it's always for beginners so anyone that's got any kind of um ailments or issues I, have a, I tend to have a lot of people at my studio that are in there well they say your vibe attracts your tribe so I'm 50 um pre-menopausal I my tribe are like in their 40s 50s 60s 70s we've got a few in their late 70s We've got hip replacements, we've got knee replacements, we've got all sorts of joint issues and ailments, medications, all sorts of things um, in our studio. It's not, uh, yeah, I suppose different studios with different studio owners um, just attract a different kind of kind of people. But I've always said, and, and Bikram himself always says, you know, Bikram yoga is for anybody with any sort of, ailment um, you can come in at whatever level you're at with any kind of pain with any kind of you know knee replacements or hip replacements there it's great working with people like that and uh, just start where you start on the day go through the postures the best you can with as much awareness as you can of your breath and as awareness of you, as you can of your stillness even all the crazy stuff going on in your head you know that oh, I can't do that and I'll never be able to do this and I can't touch my toes so many people, I can't do yoga because I can't touch my toes. It's hilarious, really. Um, yeah, there's a saying with that. Start where you start. So there's a saying with that, and it's um, yoga is not about uh, touching your toes. It's about the journey to getting there, you know, the process of releasing, uh, which ties back yeah. to what we were saying previously. Mm. Yeah. And maybe you'll never touch your toes. And that's you also have to be really comfortable with that too. I mean, you may not touch your toes. Does okay. Cool. What else is going on? How do you feel in your back? How do you feel in your spine? How do you feel in your hips? How do you feel in your head? Mm. And and you people feel better when they do yoga. So that's that's I'm I'm realizing it's all irrelevant. All the stuff we think yoga is about, it's it's really irrelevant. How does yeah. it make you feel? How how what are your decisions like when you're practicing yoga? 
what are your relationships like when you when you are consistently practicing yoga those things especially now those things are way more significant i think these days than we could possibly have imagined definitely definitely yeah yeah that whole integration you know it's not um the more i look into this and the more i'm delving in my own um practice i'm seeing that there's nothing that's separate from what is within is without and so when you're dealing with things once again internally you will project them externally so if you are um quieting the mind becoming aware of your um actions aware of your emotions aware of, of all of that um through mindfulness and so on which is brought about as a tool from yoga then um you, you you'll notice that everything else around you like you're just saying strengthens and gets better because there is no separation really because the way you will always project what you're dealing with you will always if you if you're feeling a place of love and and happiness you will treat everybody with love and happiness because that's how you're feeling if you're feeling angry and tense and stressed you will project that tense stressed feeling and you know the world will be perceived as being the stressful horrible place so many levels on so many levels and don't you find that you have to I mean, we talk about yoga practice, mm. but I, I find too that I have to keep practicing that in my interactions with other people. If I'm not practicing my yoga, I'm not practicing my calmness and my centeredness. And I can, I can really be uh, my, my relationships and things that I say to people. I mean, I can just, I'm, again, I'm an Aries. I can, I, I, I'm up here a lot of the time. So when I'm, doing my yoga and practicing stillness and practicing breath and practicing just just coming back towards myself my interactions they're just they're just better i don't have to think about it so much mm. but if i'm not doing yoga i really have to practice that outside of the yoga room too it's like oof, it's just never ending <laughs> it's never ending and um, with bikram for those listening what um what's the history behind Bikram? What is Bikram? You know, because some people may, may be like, what is the strange word? So what, what exactly is it all? I'd, I'd be really surprised these days if people haven't heard of Bikram yoga. It's been around since the seventies. It's actually named after a person. It's named after a man whose name, his name is Bikram Chaudhry. Now he decided back in the, oh, listen, there's a long story about how he brought the series of postures to America. He brought it to Los Angeles and Beverly Hills, I think particularly, that's where he started out. There's a really long history about Bikram yoga, about Bikram himself. Um, but he uh, put together a series of postures that he had, he's been doing yoga forever and a day. He put together this particular sequence of yoga postures. So the postures aren't his postures. They're not new postures. They've been around forever and a day, but he put them together in a sequence. And the sequence is always the same. We do um, the same sequence of yoga. Many, there's many yogas actually that do a sequence um, and they'll always do the same sequence of yoga each time you come into class. Um, he, he found later down the track as he's as he'd been sort of teaching these sequence and teaching these postures to his you know bunch of people that were in Beverly Hills at the, at the time there's again that's a long time back in the 70s um, that the heat was helping people to be more flexible people were getting less injuries when they were practicing 
the sequence of yoga in a heated room. So he just turned the heaters up a little bit more and more and more. And then we ended up with a sequence of yoga done in a heated room. Yes, it's okay. I'll, I'll be honest about the heat. I'll tell you about that now. 40 degrees and 40% humidity is the ideal. That's 40 degrees in Celsius. So that's the ideal conditions for a Bikram yoga room, which people sort of think, oh my God, that's like a sauna. It's not designed to kill you, right? I mean, the, the heat helps you to, one, to be a bit, it helps the connective tissue to be a little less viscous. So that means your connective tissue, which is the stuff around all of your, your bones, your muscles, every cell in the body has connective tissue running through it, around it, in it, seven layers deep. It's incredible stuff. Go and, go and look up fascia. That's, that's your homework project, looking at looking up fascia and knowing what your fascia is all about. It helps that to be a little bit more malleable, a little bit more movable. Um, so that's the first thing that happens. You're able to deeply stretch your muscles. Of course, you sweat. So you're helping your organs and you're helping your skin to detoxify. And it also helps you to focus um, in conditions where you're finding it challenging um, and you've, you've, you've got the postures to deal with, you've got the teacher's um, information to listen to and to process. You've got so many different distractions in the Bikram Yoga room and it's helping you to just really hone in, be present, breathe, try and do as much as possible. I think that's kind of a way to describe Bikram yoga. So yeah, over over decades now, it's just kind of um, evolved into to what it is now. Again, lots of different hot yogas have popped up all over the place because I think people have realised how valuable it is to do yoga practice in a warm or heated room. Mm. And do you think that that heat um, may have originally stemmed from like India practicing in very hot climates or? I've heard that. I've, I've heard that that's, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that was what his thought process was, but I've heard that I've never been to India. I, I've heard that in the summertime, it's super hot and super humid and they are the conditions that you would be practicing yoga in. Mm. So he sort of wanted to emulate those conditions in you know, a cold place or in Western sort of culture. So, yeah, I have heard that. It makes sense to me too. Like, mm. it really does make sense. I've, do, I've done lots of different kinds of yoga and um, Bikram was always the yoga that I came back to oh, because wow. of the heat, because of the heat. I don't like the heat. The heat. I have to, again, I have to be honest, my students say to me when I say to them, I don't like the heat. It's, it's hard work, you know you've really got to concentrate you've really got to focus but again I've done lots of other kinds of yoga I've always come back to Bikram yoga because of how the heat makes me feel you just feel so you feel like you've moved every single part of your body very deeply and you also feel like fresh and flushed and clean it's a, it's an it's amazing sensation <laughs> yeah, I, I actually got quite heavily into um, Bikram yoga a few years back and I did it for about a year um and oh it was amazing the first I, I, I mean for me the first time I went in I, I I loved it I mean it was hard but I'm very um I like to push myself and I found when I was in there just staying in the room for that those 90 minutes was quite hard in and of itself um but oh beautiful postures and um you know I think also when you have specific movements and you know what's coming next 
it becomes easier to get through it because you're not so concerned about poses and which one's next. You're more concerned about breathing because you've done the poses so many times that it becomes almost automated. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it's a it's definitely a safety issue too for for me and for beginners. Even look look, I'll I mean again, I'm honest. It's hard. It's challenging. It's hot, but you know, if you're a beginner, you sit down and drink some water and it's cool and you get up and then try again, you know, if you can, if not just lie down. I mean, I don't, I don't mind, but I've always found with um, a vinyasa practice uh, or, or, you know, listen, any other kind of yoga, you're always kind of looking around to see what's happening. And I, I found that I would have my arm over my head and I'm looking under my armpit or I'm looking under my legs or I'm twisting my spine in order to look, at what's going on and turning my neck in all these really weird places. And it's, it just, I, I've hurt myself to doing that and trying to crane my neck to look, and, and not that that's bad or wrong. And for other people, I'm sure that that suits them, but in Bikram yoga, you can see really clearly what's happening and you can see there's big mirrors that you're looking at as well to, to check your alignment. And there is definitely something to be said for, for repeating the postures over and over again but in a different way as your body develops strength as your body becomes more flexible as you get closer to your toes and like you say like as your mind just starts letting go of all the expectation and just concentrating on breathing yeah it's it's quite extraordinary actually mm -hmm. how it works really yeah. i always say in class it never doesn't work because i see i'm so privileged to teach yoga and to see such massive transformations in in so many humans and in their bodies and my favorite the my favorite thing about being a teacher is when people say to me i can't do that i can't I can't do that I, I broke my ankle i've had a car accident um i've got pins here or screws there or replaced this or back surgery da, 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 and it's you know you might not be able to do it like the person in front of you but if you just work on what you've got here and right now today and you're patient enough, you, I know that if they're persistent and if they, they uh, really want to change and transform and create something different for themselves, I know that they will, they can, people can achieve anything. I've seen such beautiful transformations and such miraculous transformations in people that said no that's not for me I can't do that I love that bit about being a teacher brilliant brilliant and you can apply that once again to real life you know instead of giving up on something or you know uh, judging something from the outskirts just go at your own pace and be present uh, and soon you know you will transpire in, in in whatever way that looks for you without comparing to other people then there's that really beautiful quote um, comparison is the thief of joy. And I, I have to remind myself that over and over again, because it's so true. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. That's a great one. Comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And we do it all the time. We do it all the time. I think that's a beautiful thing about Bikram is that you really, you, you've got an opportunity to just nip that in the bud and, and and just move forward through that move move past that it doesn't serve anybody it doesn't serve you so 
it's yeah. uh might take a long time for people to let that one go but you know they're, they're the things that you're really working on in any yoga practice you're working mm. on stillness you're working on um looking at your negative thought processes and the, the the patterns and habits that you've developed for yourself over many many years and sometimes decades now and and you know looking at what serves you and looking at what is working for you mm. you get to choose that doesn't like you see you're in the mirror looking at yourself in a Bikram yoga class you're under really bright lights you know you can't avoid the truth you can't avoid the truth it's, it comes right up in your face and you either choose to get really sad about it and frustrated about it or you you make a choice to say I, I can do something about this and that's that's when yoga starts you know when yoga starts the moment you can't do something yeah wow that's powerful that's pretty powerful i don't think i i think that's from one of my teachers somewhere along the way but i loved it and i thought i yeah i say it a lot yoga starts the moment you can't do something yoga starts when you get frustrated because you've fallen out of posture yoga starts when you you get frustrated about i can't do a backward bend that it's the moment self-belief and faith and you know just perseverance try suck it up try again do it or not lie down, chill out, whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> that's a valid point. Yeah, that's a valid point. It's just be present with where your body is at at the moment and where you're at at the moment um, and accepting whatever oh, yeah. happens. Mm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's this... hard. It's hard work. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's accepting. great and it's so rewarding, but it is. It's it's hard work. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it was um, Pramanasya who said um, he was one of the, what, 1893, one of the guys in Kolkata to start practicing yoga on the um, journey to develop into Bikram. And uh, one of his quotes was, um, yoga is a method for restraining the natural turbulence of thought, which otherwise prevents all men of all lands from glimpsing their true nature of spirit. Yoga cannot know a barrier of East and West anymore then does the healing and equitable light of the sun. I thought that was quite profound. Oh, yeah. And we all know that the physical wounds come from emotion, most of the time come from emotional stuff. And even, you know, if you've had an accident or blunt force trauma or something like that, you know, there's a lot to be said for it. You've called that in. You've called that into your life in order to deal with that, in, in order to deal with that emotionally rather than physically, you know, you can heal your body. Everyone can heal their body. Uh, mate, if, if I knew, if I was a master at doing that, I would write my own book. But I'm on, I'm on this journey in life to figure out that that's possible for me. And I just, I never say to people, I've got all the answers, follow me, do what I'm doing. I'm amazing. I'm the, I'm the teacher. You've got to really, there's so many more people that are so, so much more wise than I am. And they're so much more in tune with their bodies and they've, done so much work on their emotional bodies as well and and spiritual healing so many and i love having those people in my life because they they're teaching me too but i just uh, love to be able to facilitate for people that this really simple e i say easy it is it is easy it's 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 simple in that it's not complex in any way shape or form you do it you do it to the best of your ability and you cannot help but feel changed and transformed by it on every, on every level. It's just, it's so beautiful. It's so magnificent. Well, there I go. 
<laughs> well, yeah, the, 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 one, the one element, I mean, I'd, I'd love to discuss it, um, is I, one thing I just can't wrap my head around is, so Yogi, is Yogi Bhadram, hey, the, the guy who brought Bikram, or no, Yogi Bikram, Bikram was the guy yeah. who brought Bikram Yogi to. And then there was all of those um, allegations of uh, sexually harassing all these women. But then I just think, like, this man who's come from, from India, I get that he's got all this attention, but he's practicing yoga so deeply and he's really embodying embodying these teachings, but yet he's obviously not. So do you, and, but, but yet what he taught and what he brought across was changed so many lives. I, I just don't understand that. I don't understand what happened and how. how Neither come- do I. <laughs> Neither do I. And I just, uh, I think the only person that knows really what went on is Bikram and anybody that was involved with Bikram and the allegations that went on. It's, it's dreadfully, I, I, hmm, am I sad about it? I, I've been through all of the emotions, I think, around that. I think when I, just before I was about to go to training, I, I read a book. Um, it's called Hell Bent, and it was about um, the the competition of yoga and uh, training for yoga in a competitive sense. Because I I understand in India there's yoga competitions that have been around for hundreds thousands of years, whatever. Um, and it was a fascinating book, but it it highlighted to me. And by that stage, I before I went to teach training, I've been to uh, been a Bikram yoga for ten years. And I never had heard all of this stuff about Bikram. So I remember reading that book and then saying to my brother, that's it, I'm not going to training, I can't support this man. I mean, I'm a, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse as well. Yeah, so well. for me, it was like an absolute no-go. No, absolutely not. I, I couldn't support this man. And I had a, a long chat with my brother and I had a long chat with some other teachers that I respected and have been in the community for years and but all the paths kept leading back to the yoga. And 10 years later, which is almost 10 years later since I started the training and training for the training, I, I still, that's what I choose to focus on. Mm. I'm, I'm really sad about the fact that, that, that Bikram has come under, put himself under such a, a spotlight and it's brought the yoga, this beautiful, amazing, transformative yoga sequence into such dis- disrepute and and a lot of people like to focus on that but i just focus on the, the yoga itself i don't i don't support him financially I'll, I'll be honest too and just say listen a lot of people don't like bikram and they just they go to training and they're just horrified by the way he is and the way he behaves i reckon the dude's brilliant i really do he he cuts straight to the core and he will tell you exactly what you need to hear. And I respond to that. I need to be told, you know, you're being lazy, you're not breathing properly, you're not doing it the right way. And sometimes he's really brutal about it. But for me, that works. Whereas other people that maybe aren't as robust emotionally as I am, they'll really freak out by the flood of tears and pulled apart emotionally. And I get that. I can see it from their perspective. But I... Um, for me, I, I think what he's done is amazing in terms of the yoga sense, what he knows, how he's, he's, he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's, uh, 
he's stepped away from his lineage, I think, and he's really, for want of a better word, fucked his karma up for many, many generations to come, many lifetimes to come. But that's his learning. That's his journey. Mm. And that's all the people like us that have been to the trainings and become his teachers and still will back this yoga. I will never, ever shy away from the fact that I'm a Bikram yoga teacher ever. Um, that's my karma too, isn't it? That's yeah. my learning yeah. and that's my yeah. journey in this, this lifetime. So how do you, how do you become a, yeah, a Bikram? How do you become a Bikram yoga instructor? Like, did you train with him or does he control? Like, how does, how does that whole system work? Cause it's quite hard to find Bikram studios. It, it's very different now. It, there hasn't been a Bikram training for a few years. One because of COVID um, and he's getting old now. He's in his, gosh, he might be what? He'd be in his 80s now, mid-80s now. So we went to Los Angeles. He hired out this massive um, hotel, the Los Angeles uh, Radisson, right next to the Los Angeles airport. Had a massive big ballroom and our training had 410 people in it. So in our training, we had this ballroom that had this massive, huge chandeliers. And as you're lying in Savasana, um, you're looking up at these beautiful, grand, ornate chandeliers. It was a trip, it was a total, total trip. You, we did that for nine weeks. You practice twice a day for five days. On Saturdays, you practice once. And then on Sunday, you have a day off and it's nine weeks. And you basically, uh, it was really, it was the, the best experience of my life. It was a really transformational journey. You just... Two, two classes a day and just lumped in with everybody else and he likes to in those days he likes to sleep deprive you he liked to uh keep you up really late you know two and three o'clock in the morning and why? What was, why by the time you're at well i i guess he just wanted to it's sort of like a baptism of fire isn't it i look i don't know why he does what he does and to be honest all I know is that by the end of the training, everybody's body's so clean. Everybody's just so pure. They're so, um, they've let, they've shed so much of their emotional baggage that you could stay up all night. You don't, you literally don't need sleep. You, you don't need all of the things that you thought you had to have to get yourself through Bikram yoga training. You don't need any of it anymore. Wow. That's quite amazing. Again, that's something that you have to practice and put into practice all the time. Yeah. Mm. But uh, what, gone are the days where I can practice twice a day because now I have to run a business and <sighs> it just kind of went out the window. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it's you. You it, he breaks you down. I don't know why he does it. If it's effective, he breaks you down. He he brings you to a point where emotionally you're fragile, and then you have a choice to. Again, it's always about choices, isn't it? You have a choice to go down that path and just fall apart or you have a choice to just keep on going and find a, a, an inner strength, an inner determination, an inner power that you had no idea you were capable of, uh, of reaching. Wow. Wow. So do you that's, find that... That's what happened for me anyway. Wow. Do you find that with that inner strength, that inner power that you've cultivated, once you've, you've felt that, it provides you with a lot more um, 
strength throughout your life that you know that you are can do more than you think you can do? Again, it's all about practice. If you believe that you have that innate power and that, that power and you use it every day, you will always have it. But if you don't practice that and if you don't keep remembering that you are infinitely powerful, then you'll have blips in the, in the road for sure. You'll go down and you'll go up and you go down and go up. It's, it's practice, isn't it? It's like I know what I'm capable of because I did Bikram training. I don't think anyone that comes through Bikram training is superhuman. And, uh, yeah, I know that I've got those things. But, but of course, you know, you question yourself and you doubt yourself and you, you go down 10 years down the track. It's, you know, business and COVID and all the other things that have just thrown in your path to, to put you off your purpose. Mm. You know, you can... I'll, honestly, you can I can let that stuff really get me down. But uh, oh man, it's a, that's a big question. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm infinitely powerful. I can I can do whatever I choose to do. But sometimes I forget that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm well, much better when I'm practicing yoga, though. <laughs> I'm yeah. much better at it. <laughs> well, it's, I suppose it's just a continuous um, unfolding, a continuous learning. And like you're yes. saying with yoga, some days you'll step into the room and you'll start. Um, stretching and you'll be really tight and others days you'll you'll feel a lot looser and a lot more agile and you know it's just working with what your body's at and being present and so sometimes life has so many different things that are you know bombarding you left right and center and you feel like you are, are drowning um but then just be present with that and and um you know just like you said just take some deep breaths and tackle it one one step at a time one posture at a time one day at a time <sighs> exactly mm. yeah exactly and yeah, so it helps you with life it just helps yeah. you to deal with life better and mm. that's that's everybody who doesn't need that yeah who, yeah, who was literally got their life sorted out so that they don't need to practice on they don't need to work on any of the any elements of their life anymore yeah none i think isn't that isn't that supposedly what enlightenment is is enlightenment is um that point where you reach um, you know, you've released everything, you fully embody this present moment, you're like, you know, I get whatever happens, baby, I'm here. <laughs> you know, there's nothing left. Uh, then you, you reach the state of pure. Oh, babes, I'm so far away from that. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we probably all are, to be honest. I mean, it's just, it, it really is a, such a journey. And then it's kind of like, the more you um, look into something, the more you see, the more you, you, you hit a barrier, you're like, oh man, I need to release that. And then you, you release that and then you hit another barrier and you're like, oh, I really need to release that as well. <laughs> release that again. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't it wonderful? It is. I think as a younger person, I probably, that probably would, would piss me off the most is that, oh, hang on a minute. I thought I had this sorted out. And then you kind of do the same thing. You make the same mistake. You haven't learned the lesson. You've got to go down the road. You're going to do it again. And now I look back at, I, you know, from this age and from this perspective, I look back and I go, that's the best stuff ever. That's the, this is the really good time when you, get to, when you get to know that you've made the same mistake and you kind of go, oh, hang on a minute. You, have, you, have, you, make, you make those choices differently. Mm. And it's an ongoing process. Yeah. It's an ongoing process and it can be, it can be wonderful. It can be absolutely wonderful. 
it doesn't have to be a struggle. It really doesn't have to be a struggle. Mm. We just don't figure that out for a really long time. Some people, I mean, I look at some of my friends that are just, I love having a whole range of different friends in different ages from like friends in their 20s to friends that are in their 70s. And I mean, honestly, people in their 20s and 30s these days, they're just like, I say these days, I sound like an old lady, don't know. But these days, they're, they're just so much more, they've got so much more a grip on their spiritual selves. Mm. And they're learning so much more. They're more, much more open than, than I think we were in our, in our days. So it's yeah. wonderful. I'm really excited to see where that goes and how that progresses. And people doing yoga. There's so many more people doing yoga these days. Oh, wonderful. Totally totally it's quite beautiful amongst you know it is being amongst nature being being present um being aware and the the buzzword you know being mindful and and practicing that meditation and particularly in the west because back in the day you know this was a very eastern philosophy the east was all about meditation and and the west was was you know that that's sinful or or don't you know it's it's bad (laughs) whereas now it kind of feels like um you know, it's, it's become very normal and not even normal. So much research to even back up the benefits that we are talking about. It's not even just a, a hippie thing anymore or a, a foreign Western, uh, Eastern thing. It's, it's something that is being shown to have profound impacts on the brain and on the body. Isn't that wonderful? It is. I, I think you hit it on the head too, where you, where you said spirituality is, there's no rules to it anymore. There's no boundaries to it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that's happening are people really starting to listen to themselves, listening to their inner wisdom yeah. and realising that it just takes all kinds of different people on all kinds of different journeys and all kinds of different um, spiritual paths. We're all sort of supporting each other. We're all in this. We're, we're starting to realise more and the more. The more we know ourselves, the more we realise we are literally all in this together. And we've all got our little parts to play. We're all our little roles to play. Mm. And uh, that's why I've, I, I'm actually, I love what's happening in the yoga world. I really do. There's so many different kinds of yoga, so many different amazing teachers. And it really makes people and students of yoga start to listen or not. You know, that you'll never get it right. You, you might not get it right, but just be discerning about what they need and about what works for them. Mm. And I love that. I think it's fantastic. Because that's that's a big part of um, why I, I'll go back to the Bikram thing. That I think that's a big part of why Bikram and uh, got himself into the situations that he got himself into. Because there were people that absolutely trusted him and did not listen, didn't know how to access their own inner wisdom, and didn't feel confident with their own inner wisdom, and had been wounded, and that did not trust their instincts to say, "I'm not going to." No, I mean, not, I'm not saying, you know, anything happened at all, but yeah. that, but, it, but if that was a situation, they yeah. did not trust their instincts to say, you know what, I don't trust you. Yeah. So, and I think there's, oh man, that's, that brings up so much about where we're going and where we're headed in society. Doesn't oh, it? oh, it we totally does. We have to learn to, to be guided by our wisdom. And I, I, again, I think, I think the generations that are coming up now are, are much, much better at that than I was. <laughs> I went out and partied in my 20s and 30s and uh, didn't think about my spirituality at all, really. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope so because, um, you know, I feel this this time more than ever, we have so much globalisation, so much integration 
that when, um, you know, like I said before, when you have a virus that starts in one country, it spreads across the world, uh, you know, ideas that are spreading very rapidly. And so because all these sort of um, existential risks, because we are so integrated and because we are um, expanding so rapidly, you know, AI. And so, you know, one, I think our generation coming forward, you know, we see that because of um, our pollution, you know, back in the day, people would pollute or do things without even thinking twice, you know, destroy. And I'm, I mean, it's still happening today, but there is a lot of awareness towards that. It's, let's destroy an entire rainforest. And, oh, yeah, we make some money. That's great. There's no um, idea. And now people are like, well, hang on a second. You know, that, that entire ecosystem you have destroyed for what, you know? Um, and, and so you have to be aware because if you're not, we could destroy everything. <laughs> you know? Do you know what I think, though? I think people don't want to do that. I think humans, like you and I and the majority of humans, are like, we get it. We totally get and we totally see what's happening on the planet. But our governments have uh, just run roughshod and they're allowed to just get away with so much. And I, I just really do think that, yeah, I think we're on this path now of that that beautiful saying, know thyself. Oh, and yeah. That's I, I, people don't really... It can mean different things for everybody and, and I think people don't really get the crux of it. It's like just know yourself well enough to know that you're being a dick, you know. <laughs> know yourself well enough. It's not bad to make the wrong decisions. It's not bad to not particularly follow a spiritual path. It's not bad um, to, you know, say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. You know, there's certain things that are bad. You know, don't be unkind to someone. Don't murder anybody. Don't don't purposefully go out of your way to hurt people. Mm. But if you have, know that you have. You know, just know that that is that's something that you are doing that could be that could injure somebody or hurt somebody. I think that's what's happening. We all get it. We get that we shouldn't hurt the environment, that we should look after our resources, that we should be kind to each other and we should try and help each other wherever we can. But I think that the governments really make it difficult. Let's not get too political about it. Yeah. But I think this is part of the awakening. This is part of the, the global awakening that we're going through right now. Mm -hmm. I think things, I think practices of yoga and meditation really are going to start tuning people into that too. That want to, that they know something's up. They know something's wrong. And they know that they have to be a part of the change, the interconnectedness of the forests and the roots Everything. and the systems. It's quite fascinating. And the oceans, it's all we're getting, we're learning more and more, we're understanding more and more. But yeah, Mother, Mother Nature will always win out those. Well, <laughs> but you, you see, the, 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 not the issue with that, but when, when Mother Nature works herself out and comes back to equilibrium, which would definitely happen as your body comes back into equilibrium, that equilibrium or that pathway to achieve that equilibrium might wipe humanity out. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's where the whole um, thing um, is a way to, so the oceans change in their acidity level. By the time it actually comes back to where it was before, humanity could be destroyed. So um, that pathway to, I, I think there's a really beautiful saying and it was something like, um, you know, our li we think our lifetime is, or, or decades are so long. But to Earth's life, the, the life cycle of planet Earth, our human existence is a blip on its entirety, you know. And so for it mm. to this massive, massive organism or, or planet to um, kick some little thing off, its, off of its back and, and shift back to where it was, um, 
we we were nothing on this vast scale of life you're right we're we are a, a, a blip a smear that's it but we we oh, we're so attached aren't we that's again that's one of the the, the limbs of yoga non-attachment and and not being attached to the outcome not being attached to it being right or wrong or good or bad or should or shouldn't or could or can't or any of that sort of stuff it's just being really neutral mm. so we wipe out humanity but mother nature wins i don't know are you okay with that am i okay with that i don't know <laughs> right now it's a lovely sunny day and i'm having a lovely chat about yoga and life and the universe and everything of course i don't want to be wiped out right now but no. you know it's it's being attached to all the things that we have and the attachment that we have to all of the, the things around us you know what what can we live without what what what's most important at the end of the day mm. what's most important yeah are, are we really important are we that significant yeah my goodness they're big questions to ask aren't they Alexa? oh definitely <laughs> definitely and i suppose there's also um you know it's, it's probably a smaller spectrum but it's stating well if we are such a small entity maybe this whole um you know temperature rising and climate change um might be something much larger it could be a cyclical thing of, of the planet maybe our impact isn't as profound you know but then again mm. there's a, a huge amount of data and evidence that um does illustrate the impact that um you know we've had on this earth and you know at the end of the day it's good to always clean up it's good to to not pollute you don't want to swim in oceans that are covered in trash you don't want to no. be killing animals just for the sake of killing them you know that awareness to all mm. life on earth is just so important a hundred percent and again you and i and the vast majority of people we're onto it we get it we're just waiting for either governments to change exactly what they're doing or we're waiting for us to shift into a completely different way of um, self-governance i mean if you had the option to say right we're not making plastic ever again we're going to pump a whole lot of money and resources into these really smart clever dudes that know how to make you know containers and vessels to hold all sorts of different things that they make them out of renewable um uh materials yep. that will you know completely disappear and completely uh, uh be reabsorbed and you know ecologically friendly and sound we'll we'll put money into that i mean we'd all put our hand every person you know and i know would go, that's a great idea but our governments still are not working on our behalf and that's that's what you know that's what we've got to be really really true to ourselves and just keep knowing that we are making the right choices we're making the right decisions we're doing the work we're doing the work to balance ourselves out we're doing the work to to become as whole as we possibly can and the best people that we possibly can and this shift that's occurring in the in the planet and on the planet right now it's uh we're, we're ready for that bring it on you know mm. bring it on and do yoga reveal reveal what is not yet known to you reveal what is not what it, what you are not comfortable with what you do not yet see yeah keep moving your body so that it can really be released keep moving your body so that it can be revealed to you and shown to you Beautiful. it might not be comfortable it might be really unpleasant, but that's why we do it. That's why yeah. we do it to reveal to our true selves. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and so on, on that stunning note, um, I would I'd just be curious if there's any um, 
uh, it, do, are there any books or, or anything that you would like to re recommend to people? Um, any of your, your top two favorite books that you found have been really insightful? Or... Oh, man. Uh, I read books all the time. I'm, I'm constantly reading books all the time. I don't know. In terms of yoga, I... I haven't read yoga books for ages, I have to tell you, because I did most of those in my first sort of three, four years of, of training um, and, and learning to become a teacher after you do. So, yeah, um, no, I'm going to say no. Fine, that's <laughs> fine, no stress. And, and for those who want to become a Bikram yoga instructor, what are the pathways? So is it just the Bikram that he can, he, is he the only one that can teach it or, or how do you become a in, Bikram instructor? In Australia, there are a couple of people now that are doing trainings, which is lovely with Bikram's um, permission and his um, blessing, which is lovely because we don't really know when we're going to be able to travel again. We don't know when we're going to be able to go overseas again. For the foreseeable future, there's some people that will be prevented from traveling. So uh, some very lovely people have got together in, in Australia and putting on some teacher trainings. The thing I always say to people, and this kind of goes, I'll just keep it a blanket statement. I've had many people that have come to me over the years going, I want to be a yoga teacher. And how do I do that? And I always say to them, first, find the yoga that changed your life and practice that all the time. And then after a couple of years, if you feel like you still want to be a yoga teacher, then start finding out who is the guru or oh, I won't say that word. Don't say guru. <laughs> who is the person that's close to you that um, lives it and breathes it and is passionate about it and is, is doing the yoga for the good of, you know, for a greater good other than just to, you know, Nothing wrong with making money out of it. It's a business now. That's life in the Western world. But uh, I would I would do that first because I have a lot of people who say, I want to be a yoga teacher. I want to go and do Bikram training. And they've never done a Bikram class or they might have done three or four Bikram classes. Like you, you find something, know that you want to do it. That's, that's the pathway to a really happy outcome. Mm. Otherwise, you're just going to get really frustrated. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Beautiful. No, That's very it. beautiful advice, actually. That is very profound. Do the yoga you love yeah. and it will come. Yeah, it's interesting. I've kind of gone through a transition. Like um, I've tried a lot of different ones and um, I loved Ashtanga actually for a very long time. Um, just the same reason as, as Bikram, you know, minus the heat is just I had the same yoga postures um, and it was so beautiful. Uh, there was a small studio um that I went to and uh, the yoga started at 5.30 in the morning. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, I think yoga usually attracts more females, but this, you know, it was just a room uh, filled with about maybe six females. And, um, you know, we got in there and it was just breath work. You know, the instructor, uh, she was so beautiful, um, you know, inside and out just emanated this love and light. And, um, you know, she got us to all just breathe at the same time. And so, us collectively would just breathe and go through the postures in silence and it was amazing I can't you know it just amazing um but you know now I'm obviously living in a lot of um forestry and so I love to just practice by myself and so I um will either just do follow that a stronger pose or I'll go into yin um or I'll just go into what what my body's feeling and just sit in that and you know breathe and and make it more of a medit meditative 
practice is is kind of what I'm I'm delving into at the moment and it's just um I really really love it it's beautiful that makes me smile that's beautiful mm. so being really intuitive around it and just being really present with it. it's lovely it's yep. gorgeous way to do it yeah yep. but with that thank you so much for um sharing your beautiful wisdom uh with us all and um you know, hopefully this inspires maybe one person to take up <laughs> their practice of yoga and meditation. Uh, and um, 100%. Yeah, that yes, is. that's lovely. One person to just yeah. decide, oh, I think I'll do that. I'll have a crack at something, you know, some sort of yoga, some sort of meditation. Yep. That would be really, really wonderful. And for those people who want to get in contact with you or, um, you know, how, how's the best way to do that? If you're on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, it is um, Bikram, B-I-K-R-A-N, Bikram Yoga Sunshine Coast. So it's really easy to find. We're on Facebook. I've got an app. Um, uh, you can download the app. It's just Bikram Yoga Sunshine Coast. And, yeah, just get in, get in contact. Again, I'm happy to chat about yoga all the time. And I do have people that ring me in and ask. I do get that question a lot. Would it be? I've got this injury. Would it be suitable for me? So I often spend a lot of time on the phone just talking with people and um, that's the beautiful thing about doing a beginner series is that it, you know that everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. That's lovely. Wonderful. No, well, thank you so much and um, have a beautiful day. <laughs>